Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lowell's Live. This is the show that happens every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a show that goes head-to-head with KTOV live streams, a show that will (laughs) fearlessly press onward even in the face of competition. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Brick75. How are we doing, Brian? Fantastic, as always. Loving life. How about you? You know what? Uh, I'm doing good. I was down uh, by the beach this past weekend, so I felt like I got to kind of recharge my batteries. You know, I was vibrating on a higher frequency than I usually am, and uh, I'm ready to attack another week in the content mines. How about you? Yeah, uh, no beach for me. It's it's still still illegal here, and uh, but I did golf twice this week. So, how's the golf game? Is it rounding into form here? Yeah, I shot an 88 today. That's, okay. that's, pretty, good. that's pretty good for me. I'm not, I'm not very good. I haven't yeah. been playing that long. But do you, uh, I do feel you like I'm way better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can. that's golf. Yeah. Do you play the same course generally? Usually, usually yeah, generally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I played a few times uh, like three or four weeks ago, and then I haven't been back. I just uh, I haven't squeezed it in. And I think I just am putting it off, too, that I'm just going to be so miserable. But I need to at least just head over to the uh, to the driving range and just get some reps in. Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, I, th- I think the one by me is still closed. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Um, one housekeeping thing I want to say just before I forget, in case I forget at the end, is we are going to do another one of our MMA live stream companion shows. We did it uh, a few weeks ago. It was super fun. We're running it back on Saturday. I think we're going to kick things off at 9 p.m. Eastern. We have the debut of Fight Island. We have a Millie Maker uh, going on. We have a few guests already confirmed, including one Mr. Alex Osmo Baker, who I see in the chat, and uh, a few other people that uh, we should have be joining us, Bobby Gomes, who was with us last time. And uh, I think I think we've coaxed Draft Cheat out of his mom's basement, away from his keyboard. He might be joining us. Uh, Aaron Watershow, who's now uh, doing some MMA stuff, is going to be swinging by. So, yeah, Brian, I'm excited uh, to drink some beers and watch MMA again on Saturday. Oh, yeah. That's always, that's always fun. And uh, get some reaction shots out of us, like out of sync, since – None of us are on the same exact stream. So. Yeah, that's the 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 best is when Alex pays for the MMA stream and we bootleg it, and we have a feed that's ahead of his. That's really <laughs> when uh, you know we're winning. Um, let's check in on the chat. We got Carlos Soto. What's up? Did you drink your apple cider vinegar? So you joke about that, Sean. I actually. I'm not on a Randone level, but I am an apple cider vinaigrette truther. It's uh, my regular uh, salads. I do a combination dressing of uh, uh, apple cider vinaigrette with olive oil. That's uh, that's a go-to for me. So, Brian, I mean, what what do you think? Are you mixing in any apple cider vinaigrette over there? Um, you know, I I told him I drink it by the gallon, but I've I've I have probably six or seven years ago. I actually did drink some apple, like for like a month. I, I tried a little bit, <laughs> so I really, I guess I can't really, uh, I can't really be a hypocrite here and call him out. I did, I did try for a few weeks. A long yeah, time ago. I'm not chugging it by the bottle. I mean, we're talking about like a little, uh, yeah, in water, and then you drink yeah. it with, drink it with like a, a straw, so it doesn't get all over your teeth. But there you go. You want to know the secret to my success? Like Rando, and it's apple cider vinaigrette. Um, 
How was your PGA week last week? Because uh, I, I took a bath again. Yeah, DK, I took a bath. FanDuel, not very good. Yahoo, I think I won the their tournament. I did pretty good on Yahoo. And Superdraft, I, I think I broke even. And Fantasy Draft, uh, no, I'm sorry. Fantasy Draft, I broke even. Superdraft, I took like half, their, half the money. Can we just just pause about the part where you think you won Yahoo's big tournament? That's how look. inconsequential it was for you. <laughs> I didn't look. Uh, <laughs> you didn't look super, if you won. super draft. I looked because um, I had like first, second, third, fifth, seventh, ninth, and eleventh. And see, I uh, I actually because it was. It was last time, uh, last MMA slate, I had, was having trouble getting on Superdraft. You hooked me up with a contact. They got my deposit and account info squared away, and I actually have money on there now. So I need to get in the Superdraft streets. For people who aren't familiar with Superdraft, uh, and not that this show is affiliated, but uh, can you tell any, uh, tell me perhaps uh, what the Superdraft uh, setup is like, maybe in comparison to some of the other sites? It's got a multiplier instead of a salary. So, like, the worse the golfer, let's just say golf, the higher his multiplier. So, um, I had Chris Kirk last week was, like, one of the highest point scorers on there. He was 1.65 times his fantasy points. So, it wasn't, like, a $6,000 salary. It's, like, whatever fantasy points he gets times his his multiplier. So like the stud the studs are generally just flat one. They don't get any bonus. Like 1.05. Um I think my I think my uh uh lowest stud was uh Victor um uh why why can't I think of his Pavlin? name? Pavland. Uh and I think he was like 1.2. It might even been lower than that. But um yeah, it's pretty cool. You, there's like always a shot of overlay. Um I feel like we're doing a promotion. <laughs> I know I did too. I, I did. I, I'm just honestly curious because I haven't played there at all. I know you mentioned you, so you're like, you should get on there here. Since we're not affiliated with them, I will bad mouth them on one thing. They Good. don't, they don't have PayPal withdrawal. So get mm. that, get that fixed, Rick. If you're there watching. you go. So how do you, how do you withdraw? Bank, bank wire. Uh, okay. All right. Unless, you know, I should, I haven't looked in a, in a, in a month or two. So hopefully I'm not talking out of school here. That's, I can't that's, really I can't really speak to that, Peter. <laughs> Brian, that's the slogan for this show is talking out of school. Uh, I mean, it, it's what yeah, we do. That's a good point. Yep. So uh, on tap for today, uh, we are going to talk a little uh, PGA. Brian has uh, some correlations talk. He's going to walk us through. Have, have you thought of what you want to call? I've been kind of inadvertently calling it Bricks Corner. I don't know why that comes to mind. Do you, do you have a name for this segment um, where, you, where you go all pro, uh, professor? I, my Spanish was uh, relapsing there, professor on us. No, I do, I do not. Uh, okay. Are we going to be that professional? Like we're going to nail this, this I wanna, segment? I wanna, well, it, do you know why it's not professional? Because we're workshopping it live on air. <laughs> <laughs> we could start to do like ESPN uh, personal stories, right? Like Alex Baker grew up with a hard life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already broke the Alex Baker as a robot story, so I don't know how much left there is to mine. Yeah, that's that, that, that's good. That was a bad example. You're right. Yeah. So in Brick's Corner, if someone has a better name, uh, let us know. I, we're, we're open to suggestions. He's going to talk a little bit about correlations, and then as usual, 
our world famous segment where we build a Millie Maker lineup that just fabulously bombs uh, will continue. We were actually, uh, we thought we might have had a good one early on last week. Yeah, yeah, we started off pretty, pretty nice. Um, who, who, did, who, 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 the Gooch, the Gooch was not loose. Yeah. Gooch he, he, uh, withdrew. He withdrew. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh, can't get much worse than that. I had uh, uh, Wynnum Clark, and he withdrew like even before Gooch too. I had like fifteen percent of him, so that was that was pretty brutal. And then we had Chase Seifert, who had a really nice first day, and he sucked the second day. I didn't make the cut. That wasn't good. Do we have anyone good in there? Uh, I'm sure we had like one good one. Yeah, I can't even remember. I, I looked at one of my, uh, lineups. I don't know. You know, I was just thumbing through them and it had two withdraws and three missed cuts. It was just a red out. Like I was like, this is, this is gross. It, it yeah, felt that, like, yeah, that's like what, like a 2% chance of that happening. Yeah. If you look at, uh, Steve Buzzard's tweets where he, he recaps all the, 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 uh, you know, the one of one of six, two of six, three of six, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to do that, to actually to, to be that bad. Uh, we got Matt in the chat suggesting Brick House. I kind of like that. Step inside Brick's house. School okay. is in session. Uh, we have our our uh, Eli Reasons. What is the correlation coefficient between rostering both Brooks, Praiseby, and Chase Kepka together in one lineup? I mean, you were the one that cracked the code on the, the Bush brothers Having a high correlation in NASCAR, do the Kepka brothers perhaps have something similar? I, I mean, I seriously doubt it. Chase, yeah. Chase is always like six thousand priced, and no one ever takes him. I mean, that's not a serious question, but to answer it seriously, I seriously doubt doubt it. And there'd be like a sample size of like three. I don't know how many turns yeah. to play together, but it's not many. But just, I mean. It, narratively though it checks out i mean it's just like oh chase made it up to the big leagues you know he's given he's coaching them up giving them pointers i mean it, it has to be strong you know what the i'd like to see the correlation of uh you know steroid use between the Kepka brothers see if there's anything going on there yeah so we had the the good tweet i had to actually message brian because i saw the tweet and everyone was losing their mind and I was like, I'm not as plugged into the golf world as I need to be because I do not get this reference. Yeah, I thought it was, so. He so Brooks uh, put a Kenny Powers tweet out there where Kenny Powers throws down a camera of a cameraman, and yeah, you could see it. <laughs> Kenny Powers, what's he say? Confronts steroid allegations. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I just noticed Eli Reasons here showing up as my top comment. You know you're a DJ when you automatically think of Big T when you see Kenny Powers. <laughs> I think I saw that comment earlier, actually, yeah. Um, so it, it was about Bryson. He's he's uh, he's trolling Bryson, saying he's insinuating that his 30-pound muscle or whatever increases uh, – Dude, substances. Where do you so last week from a that was a brutal week to be a contrarian DFS player because the chalk between uh Bryson and then Doc Redmond, didn't he do really well and he was super popular? Uh, uh it was it was a nice week for the chalk if I if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it, it was decent. It it can get way higher at the 6 of 6s. They I have seen them 20 30% of the whole field making 6 of 6s. But um yeah, cuz there was some misses too. Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. High owned. 
But yeah, like, well, we picked the wrong big guy. We had Webb, if I remember correctly, and then Bryson did did stud it up. You know, one thing I kind of want, I want him to do well for a few reasons, but he is kind of annoying. The slow play is kind of annoying. But like, you don't you don't watch a ton of golf, but like the announcers, especially like um, uh, Brandon uh, Shambly, he's one of the the, the golf announcers. They're, and they're so the golf product is so brutal. It's like so boomer. Like, <laughs> like they never, they don't even play. They or at least they used to not like play like the Thursday and Wednesday rounds, and um, they they wouldn't like highlight the right groups and show. Like there was like a hole one the other like two weeks ago. Abraham Manser, they didn't even have footage of it. It's so brutal. And then they're you know their their color guys are always horrible. Um, and this and this guy I mentioned, he always talks like when anyone gets bulked up. Yeah, always bitches about, oh, it's going to throw their swing off. It's going to throw their swing off. Like when Rory would be like a slightly big. Yeah. He, he's losing because he worked out too much. Yeah. He constantly saying, and now Bryson comes in here like a gorilla dropping 350-yard bombs con- constantly and, and wins his sixth tournament. So, like, I want him to win is to shut that guy up, but he'll never shut up. So it doesn't really matter, but – yeah, it's 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 such a boomer take to the like I don't like this guy that is a physical specimen, uh, you know, that's kind of bending the rules of the game as we know it. It reminded me my grandpa used to say to me when I was like 6 or 7 and he'd be like, "It's too easy for these guys to dunk in the NBA. The hoop should be 11 feet tall." That was like his take. He always <laughs> gave me that. like Grandpa, why can't we just enjoy them dunking? It's like, we should make the courses, the par five, 700 yards so Bryson can't drive the green in two. I've heard that. I've heard that, yeah. Um, you know, one good thing about these, these like, legacy ESPN, um, I, I'm like, the NFL broadcasters I can't watch. Like, I watch Red Zone. Like, I think it's kind of getting to this point where I started liking, like, Harry Carey and Hawk Harrelson, like, the legendary – baseball broadcasters here in Chicago. Like I used to hate them when I was growing up when I was a kid. Cause they were such like, uh, um, obvious like homers, especially Hawk Harrelson and stuff. But later on they got insane. Like they got senile, especially Harry. And then Hawk towards the end was, was pretty bad too. He started swearing on, on air and stuff. It was great. So like the more senile they got, like, I'm like, I'll just tune in and watch these old guys. Like Harry would, you know, you know, talk about the breasts of women in the audience and stuff. Like it was a shit show. And I have a feeling like, especially ESPN, I haven't like, I haven't watched ESPN like sports center, like 15 years, pure garbage. I hate all that shit. I could barely watch the drafts too. Like the, their, 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 their stupid, like personal stories they have on all these guys fucking annoying, but I think it might be turning the corner to absurdity. Like so bad, like you might be able to enjoy how shitty they are because they're not changing anything. Like they're still yeah. the legacy bullshit that no everyone makes fun of. No one wants this sh- product they're giving. They're giving out. Like you might be able to take some enjoyment and come back just to see how shitty they are. Right. Well, it's the thing. It's like the the really old people. They have no filter because they just do not care. They know that they can say whatever they want. What are you going to do to them? They're ninety years old. They just say whatever they want. That's what we need in the booth. They're just these old people that are just willing to say uh, whatever they want. All that that could get that could get dicey fast. But uh, yeah, that's uh, bring bring in somebody creative. Yeah, change it up a little bit. Come up yep. with some some new options. We don't need Joe Buck in personal stories for the next thirty years. Hear me out though. What if it's Booger, but he's in some kind of futuristic spacecraft that moves along the sidelines? Isn't that switching it up enough for you, Brian? 
I'll take that. I'll take that over the status quo, unless they become a parody that you could just laugh at and enjoy. You know. Yep. Uh, that's uh, that's why we're doing the uh, the MMA companion show. What a plug uh, right there. Because what do we we'd rather listen to each other bullshit argue about if Chase Hooper could beat. Uh, what was it, Rebus in a fight? I mean, that's that's the real discourse that people want to hear while they're watching sports. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm reading some of these comments. Sorry. Yeah, I do want to circle back to a comment that Fantasy Sharpie made, which was a really good joke. I copied your Millie Maker lineup, just made six pivots. Uh, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Uh, On your periscope, also- we got called wind machines. <laughs> or, or, or they're talking, or I don't know the reference. Yeah. Uh, Eli says, what about pairing everyone that has already tested positive for COVID lowers the chances of them withdrawing all pretty cheap, allows you to pay up for the studs like Kepka. Wow. He's really pushing these. Uh, is this going to be part of Brick's corner, the COVID correlation theory? I didn't think about that. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe those antibodies are, you know, give you a little more accuracy. There you go. Um, well, speaking of, I actually, we got a few suggestions. Someone replied to us on Twitter. They said Bricks Picks. We got Brick House. Um, I think I'm going to roll with Brick House. So, ladies and gentlemen, Brian, I don't know if you want to get your uh, screen share ready, but I think it's time for the hit segment, Brick's House. Yeah, let me... Well, this is... In future shows, we'll have acquired the um, licensing rights to the song Brick House, and we'll be playing it as an intro to this segment here. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, that's showing. So Jake, is Jake in the chat this week? I'm like going to try to answer his question from last week a little bit, and, and I don't think he's even here. He doesn't Jake, show. Jake, you ask, you raise your hand in class, you finally get called upon, and now you play hooky. Come on, you can't do that. Um, I guess uh, I guess he's just gonna have to watch it back on demand. No, I'm, I'm gonna delete it now after this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he t- he was. I think he asked uh, about like figuring out correlations, like in like in between lineups. Like in, um, I wasn't. Ex- ex- I was gonna. I was gonna pester him here in, in the live chat to get to get more of a to more details out of them but it got me thinking about uh oh sorry breaking news jake harry is in the youtube chat he has announced (laughs) himself he heard his ears were burning and he ran to the chat box there you go jake yeah jake remember you were talking about uh you had a question about like correlations i think between lineups if you want to like throw some throw something in chat there uh but anyways so i asked uh fantasy cruncher years ago to put in a like group setting into their PGA, um, their PGA optimizer on this. So like on the left side of fantasy cruncher, it shows like your exposure settings. And I want them to put in like a different groups based on salary next to that. So in all the other sports, there's positions and in golf and, you know, in NASCAR, and this would work for NASCAR and MMA as well. There is no positions, but you could kind of think of positions based in like salary groupings, right? Like you have, there can be some overlap, like a Venn diagram, of course, here, but like you could think of, you could think of like high price players in one group, you know, semi-high, middle, low, and then really cheap, something like that. And it might break, it might break up each week. It might be different each week, exactly how you do it. 
Okay. Yeah. That inner line of correlation between 150 lines. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Um, so with that, with that grouping in mind here, you can see in my sheet here, I put, um, this is the last whatever millimakers, you know, post or whatever post COVID time, whatever the last five millimakers. So it's not a huge sample size, but it, you, you, it gets the uh, idea across anyways. And then I grouped all of them together based on these requirements. So like over 8,900, so like 9,000 and above, 7,800 to 9,000, 7,300 to 70, blah, blah, blah. You could see it right here that I have highlighted. And that's not like an exact science. We're just trying to get the core, uh, enough players in each group to, to find a correlation. Um, because in Excel, which I'm going to show you here, you have to have the same amount of, uh, of entries in each column that you're going to put a correlation into. So some people might not know how to use this in Excel. It's actually just e equals corral is the function you use in Excel. If you want to mess around with any of this stuff at home. And so a correlation is just, um, uh, like how much it's it, how much one variable co compares to another, so it doesn't necessarily mean predictive, but it, you know it can be. So like how many, uh, so like how many air conditioners are on in hot weather, something like that. And so like the higher the weather, the more air conditioners can go on. Something like that would be a correlation. And all you do is you compare the one column to the other. So we'll do um, ownership to salary just just for fun and you can see that there's a pretty high correlation you know one is the highest this is 0.83 one would be a perfect correlation um and then let's try ownership to the groups and i think this will be a negative correlation it is it's a high negative correlation and i labeled the groups one to five it could be if it was if I flip that five to one, five, four, three, two, one, this would become a positive correlation. Um, and the average salary here for all these millimakers is seven thousand eighty-five. That doesn't that's irrelevant, though it doesn't really matter. So, okay, back to Jake's question here. Uh, how to reduce inner lineup correlation between your 150 lamps? That's really tough. And that's that's pretty high level DFSing there, which is why Jake is, you know, the number one NHL. Yeah, best player of all time, undisputed. But here's what I what, what I what I came up with. So I put all these these last millimakers into these groups, and then put them side by side so you could use a correlation. And I compared group one to two, group one to three, four, and five. And I just did the top ones. And you could go on here further further down, but there's not going to be as much need because most of the ownership is in these, you know, group one and two. If you look every week, it's the high price guys that people are owning. So what does this, and this is not definitive, but it's, you know, something to think about what has happened here in the last five million, uh, milli weeks. So groups one and two have a 6% correlation groups. One and three have a 27% correlation. Groups one and four have an 11% correlation. And then group one in the dirt cheap guys is actually negative correlated, which was probably surprise people. If I move this group one salary higher, this probably would go up. But what it's saying is that this group 
three here is very highly correlated with group one. So the higher players, and that's only a $500 gap I put in there. So 7,300 to 70, what? 7,700. Just that little, you know, uh, sliver of salary groupings has a pretty high correlation to the top guys who are going to be the high owned guys. And then if you look here at group two, the highest correlation besides to the cheap guys is also to group three. Um, and that makes a little bit of sense too, where, you know, in this 80, you know, 8,000 range, uh, you're kind of like, it's kind of like, um, what's the opposite of stud and scrubs, whatever that would be just middle of the road or yeah, middle of know. the road, a safe lineup, who knows, whatever you want to say. They correlate way more with the cheat guys. And I'm not entirely sure why. I would guess if I up this group one to like the 90, let's say 9,600 and above, maybe 9,900 and above, that would probably, that would probably explain it because you'd get, you wouldn't have any salary left over. So you'd be forced to go into group five. And group five is 6,000 to 6,500. So those are like the real cheap, the real cheap golfers. And there's a ton more golfers in these group five and four range, which is why I had to lower the salaries to get some sort of grouping because then otherwise there's only like four golfers a week in 10,000 and higher. You know what I mean? So like the correlations wouldn't really, um, it's not going to tell you anything, but you could do that. You could go back and do exactly what I'm doing here and, and mess with it. However you see fit. Um, but so like an actionable thing to get to Jake's point is if you, you could probably build this out into something useful and, um, you know, do a little more research and regressions and get it really dialed in. But um, if you're trying to stop the, that inner lineup correlation, there's a bunch of ways to do it, but this is another way to do it is if you are, you, you fade group three. And then you're going to, you're going to dump out a whole bunch of lineups that other people are doing. So almost kind of what you're saying is if you were running sets of lineups, you would run a batch where you don't have group three in it just to, and you're still getting in the highest projected lineups just without that group three, just to create a batch of differentiated lineups from what otherwise would maybe be a ton of group three lineups. Yeah, you could do you could run it a bunch of ways. So you can like get rid of three, run a hundred. You could then add three back in, get rid of one. Um, that might be a little too that might be a little too and maybe add a few of your favorites in one. Right. And then and then run another hundred. But you're definitely, you know, and this is all within reason too. So like if it's giving you lineups that are a hundred points off of your your optimal, like that's too much. So, you know, you'd have to play around with it, but this could be another tool in the shed besides all the stuff we've always talked about and everyone talks about, you know, with ownership and making a bunch of lineups and picking some out from those lineups, et cetera. You could do, you could do this, this one more, one more, uh, technique. 
Yeah. No, it's interesting because I, I definitely have had that where you're looking over the your lineups and they all have the same kind of textures as far as where the different salaries are coming in. Um, and it, it feels like you're not getting unique structure wise, even though your percentages um, might be, it's almost like you're like Jake is saying it's, there's the difference in being unique from the field, but there's also the difference in being unique within your own set of lineups um, to make sure that you have a few different avenues of, of getting a, a top winning lineup. Okay. What, what else did he say? I know unique screens. Yeah. Okay. I think that kind of, that kind of gives you uh, <laughs> Gareth with a, with another, I should call it, Rick confuses the shit out of everyone corner. I was going to say, even that question confused me. Uh, Fantasy Buzz, Brian would love to get your take on the Godfather. Is that uh, what I, I think people like this? What, uh, who's the Godfather? He is a PGA professional DFS player, I guess. Okay. He's real good. He wins all the time. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what else you want from me. <laughs> I don't really study his lineups, but I'm sure they're really good. Speak on him. Speak on him. I can't speak. Um, Pedro asks, drop the fire plays, big Bry. Uh, Don't worry. We are going to drop the fire plays in a little bit when we transition to talking about some of our exposures and building a Millie maker lineup. But I think this is really interesting stuff. And was there anything else, Jake, that um, you would like him to follow up on? And one last thing just to Jake. So Jake's point was slightly different, I think. So Jake's point was more – the correlation between your specific 150 or what I'm talking about is your specific 150 compared to the average 150 of people out there. And like another way to get contrarian, but without losing any EV. So I think this would still do it though. This would be another way. So, you know, use all your, your tools that you, you mentioned here, unique randomness. And then you could also play around with groupings. So you can, you know, there's a grouping function in uh, pretty much all the optimizers now, but Fantasy Crunchers is the easiest. And you could uh, you could set your groupings up here, like only one player from group three, for example. You know, um, I don't know how how detailed the groups can go, but you could definitely you could definitely uh, throw groupings around this way, which I like way better than how I see most people uh, do groupings in golf where they like pick their three favorite golfers and then say they have to be in two, two of them have to be in every lineup or something like that. I don't, I'm not a fan of that, but. And what the, the point too you were making is you, you can run these groupings, but you need to compare the raw projected points of these lineups versus the optimals or your other just regular base set of 150 lineups to make sure you're not giving up too much EV because it goes back to that thing of if you're just sacrificing a few projected points for this really unique construction, then, you know, green light, go for it. But like you said, if you're giving up 30 to 40 projected points for a really unique construction, then that's going to be um, probably a losing strategy. Yeah. I don't, 30 to 40. I don't know. I don't mind the way I look at it in, and this is just a heuristic. So uh, you'd have to, if it, if it's like more than a player, an average player, it's probably too much. So it depends on the sport. So like in golf, it depends on the week, but let, let, let's say an average player is like 60 points or something. Like if you're, if your lower line is lineup is like 90 points off, that's like a golfer and a half <laughs> that you have to make up for. That's quite a bit. Um, 
I mean, we are talking Millie Maker here. So, uh, you know, anything goes really to Saskarby X88. But, uh, <laughs> the, but yeah, so like I kind of, I kind of look at it that way. So each sport, if it's, if there's, you know, if it's an average score is 100 points or something, well, and you're 200 points off your optimal, well, that's two players you're, you're making up for your contrariness. Yeah. And I, and I assume too, again, uh, it's obvious that th- these kind of methods of getting hyper unique are to solo ship a l- very, very large field like the Millie Maker. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it, they, everything can be used in all, all the other lineups as well. It just depends, right? It depends on the sport and how many entries, like if you're doing, you know, a single entry with 50 people, <laughs> and whose whose projections are you using? Are you making your own? If you're making your own, you're probably going to be a little unique, anyways. Yeah, so, yeah. There's there's a ton more questions. These are all just kind of like guidelines and things to think about. And, so, and you know, somebody could probably because I don't, I've never actually done this, so I'm going to think about it more. But um, uh, you know, sometimes people can take an idea and run with it even better better than you can. There you go, Jake. Head back into the lab. Come back, show us your findings. Uh, that was a good question, though. We appreciate that prompt. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Brick's House. Bow, 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 bow. Um, all right. I can tell the people are getting antsy. They want the fire plays. Should we uh, start talking a little bit about this slate and some of the exposures we've been getting in our first lineup runs? Yes, sir. I got, I got mine up. So I sent Brian a DM earlier when I was working on my lineups and I said, we're back baby because my initial runs, I was getting a ton of my guy Poulter and a ton of my guy, Jim Furyk, which uh, I've basically established part of my PGA brand is drafting these old guys. But Brian, it sounds like you were, you were more on board than you've been in previous weeks with my geriatric fetish. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, based on the odds I'm looking at, in their in their groups in their grouping they they're they're like they're, they have pretty good odds this week and so like i i told i said i said i'm on board this week i am with Furek, but for some reason i'm not getting any polter in this first run so i'm i don't know that seems wrong to me how can that be yeah you need to fix your model he is uh it's it brings me joy whatever i do this because i go he's my fourth highest owned golfer right now at 26 percent. i just cannot quit ian polter that's is. Have you ever had less than twenty percent of him in your DFS lineups? Yes, last week when he wasn't playing, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I actually uh, initially was getting a ton of Jim Furyk too. Um, I worked to get some more uniques. I had a little randomness in, and I got less of him um, because I had way too much Jim Furyk to make me comfortable. Uh, right now, though, my top guy that I'm getting a lot of is Patrick Reed. I'm getting uh, 29%. Where are you on on Patrick Reed? He's looking like a fade for me. So we're going to be different really? there. Yeah. So my my fades, so I th- I don't think there's going to be much change at this point for me, but uh you know, obviously there there might be before I I'm going to do it after the show for official, but looks like my fades are going to be and it's kind of scary, Hovland who's a stud, just and he's coming off a pretty good week, Justin Rose. I'm not worried about about him, so he'll probably win. Uh, Light Leishman, mm-hmm. 
who's an RBX 88 uh, favorite. So that's not that's never good going against that that heater. Um, and and um, and this one I I don't like, but this was showing is Gary Woodland. And maybe my ownership projections are off too, so I need to dial those in. Um, because Woodland's looking pretty good in the books in like head-to-head matches and stuff. Okay. Um, but those are the guys who I'm looking and and Joel Damon too. Okay. What a yeah. So now now because I'm curious because you have attacked not only me and my family but also Patrick Reed. What a ownership did you have him at? Fourteen. Okay. Yeah, that's about what I what okay. I was saying. Let me yeah. Let me see if I'm. Uh, no, yeah, I'm not. I'm uh, maybe about even with the with the uh, market, all the providers out there. Okay. Um, let's check in on the, what appears to be the guys that are going to be mega chalk, um, listening to a few podcasts and seeing ownership percentage. It seems like Patrick Cantlay is the guy this week that everyone wants to jam in. Yeah. I think I said this a couple weeks ago to you, like Cantlay's DFS darling, probably one of the highest, like he's always going to get a point or two, unless he like his back starts flaring up again. He's always going to get a couple points more, uh, ownership, I think. And you know he is a stud, and I'm 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 gonna go under the field on him, but I don't think uh, I don't think he's gonna be as high owned as one of the providers out there says. Is uh, RG says I think I think they're a little high. I like this new thing, Brian, where you say you don't want to talk out of school, but then you kind of politely talk out of school. It's it's good for your brand, I think. Is that I, see? I take out of school as something I don't know anything about. Like I know what their ownership projection is. I think. Oh, okay. okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's more of a. It's a little bang bang. You know, a little shots okay. fired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, just slightly lower. Just, just slightly. Um, yeah. I. I. It looks like I have him at eight percent now. Not ownership projection, but in my exposure. So I'm not like last week on Bryson. I was just a full fade. I think I had him in like two of 150 lineups. So. Me too, um, unfortunately. Yeah, that was uh hey his, his ownership came in low too though. If if I knew he was gonna be twenty seven percent owned, I I uh, I would have ended up having a decent amount of them. So like yeah, that, you know, four or five points of ownership in golf matters a lot because the a lot of the projections they are just a half a point within each other. Yeah. Yep. It's uh it's easy for the for that to flip a, a switch here. Um are there any other guys that are jumping out to you? Uh, I'm also getting a lot of my boy, uh, Jason Kokrak, um, who's been a bit of a hero of late. Uh, he was in RBX 88's Millie Maker winning lineup. Uh, any love for Jason Kokrak? Yeah, I'm going over the field on him. Who's who's your highest stone? It was Reed. Yeah, it was, it was Reed. Okay. And what, then, what about Rama or Justin Thomas? So I have, let's see, Rom, I have 20% exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Thomas looks like I'm probably under, or even I have him at 12%. What do you have his ownership at? Thomas, I have him at 18. Okay. So yeah, so I'm slightly under on him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be over on him, and I think Rom's going to be my guy this week. Okay. So Rom, there's two odd sites I kind of – focus in on and one of them has him head to head beating Thomas and the other one has Thomas head to head beating him. Mm. So I think they're probably about even in terms of 
fantasy point expectation. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I have him almost at even to slight difference. Okay. And, but I have Rom at three clicks less ownership at 15%. Yeah. So, as you know, I say a million times if you have the same identical player and one of them's more owned, the less owned guy is a better play. And I think I'm going to roll with a whole bunch of Rom. Um, and for Eli reasons, I think I'm going to get close to the field on, on, on your boy Brooks, but let me see if I have any chase Kepka in here. Oh, there we go. Now we're Here's talking about it, but should we put chase Kepka in our Millie maker? <laughs> wow. I have, z- I have 0% chase Kepka. <laughs> what is his salary? I guess I can, uh, it's be 6,000. He's like the lowest. Let's see here. There they are. The two brothers, 10, four and six. Okay. Um, how many points do you have uh, Chase Kepka projected for? Um, let me look. Uh, where are we, Chase? I have him projected for 34.5 points. Okay. Yeah, probably not going to show up in too many air lineups at that. No, that's he's down there. Um, down there. Okay. Let's build a lineup before we do. We have on YouTube, we have 31 people watching. Now we have 12 likes. It's been a while since we've had a net like goal. Um, I think I want to make this, um, an aggressive goal, but that's because there's going to be an aggressive prize. So if we can get Brian raises his eyebrows, (laughs) we can get to 30. Brian is going to now. Um, if we can get to thirty net likes, I will uh, raffle off. No, not raffle off. I will give up ten percent of my Millie Maker equity on this lineup um, to anyone in the chat. If we get to valued at a ten cent expectation, folks, that's quite a bit. Hey, no, it's valued at a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. It's like Yum's guaranteed. <laughs> That's the thing. So there you go. Wow, look at it. Just all of these opportunists just smashing do, the like button. Do they get do they get a piece of your tournament of champions entry as well? Or is that just all Peter? That's, so this is how it works. Um, you know, we we win, you and me go to the tournament of champions uh together, but our plus, you know, 30 is the lulls community so they get to live vicariously through us we will shoot a vlog at the tournament of champions day by day feeding the lulz fans uh content that's that's our promise to you okay perfect uh, i, I kind of feel like remember in uh in school or something when you'd have these random like fundraiser goals or whatever and be like we get a pizza party if we do this i'd be like if we hit 30 likes lulz gets a pizza party um <laughs> uh, okay that's a flashback I am going to give you the honors to start this off. You said Rom's your guy. Is that the direction you want to go or jinx it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that could be uh jinx in the Millie lineup or jinx in all my lineups. Yeah, Brian uses this as kind of like a voodoo doll lineup to, <laughs> you know, boost his own things. He yeah. gets out all of the jinxes in here because that's clearly what's happened. <laughs> Yeah, what 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 do you who are you liking? 
Well, well you already should. So do you like Patrick Reed? Do you want to jinx your lineups? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Look at how we set this up. We go, we don't want to jinx our own lineups, but the equity that we just gave away to the Lulz listener, we're willing, we're willing to take them down with us. Well, all I have to do is click a button. So You know what? I'll just stay on brand. I'll do Poulter. Okay. I'll do Poulter. That's my guy. All right. And, oh, we didn't decide. Are we staying under any? Oh, uh, you're right. So I was looking at optimals. It seems like the average ownership was just under around 70% combined ownership. Um, yeah. I saw the highest for me was 78%. Yeah. So under what do 50? You want? Let's do it. Let's stay under 50. Um, we're trying to get unique. And uh, I will say the one thing about hand building in this way is we probably do circling back to your groups and correlations. We do probably get some very interesting group correlations this way. Did you check and see if we were duped last week? I didn't. Did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look. Um, I can't imagine that was a pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're duping our lineup, I mean, you're sick, man. That's all I can say. Yeah, you're why sick. would you why would you bother? <laughs> okay, so what was Polter's salary? Polter's salary is seventy five hundred. Okay. Uh, so he's great in that group three. So he he's gonna be uh have more correlation with the top guys than the other groups. Let's see here. Hmm. Let me, while oh, you're how looking about, how about this. Okay. How about Joaquin Neiman? Okay. Just throw a little Ride that that uh, after my my brilliant bet against RBX eighty eight. Just keep keep riding him. I want to out him again. Has he settled up with you? He did. Yeah, yeah, okay. he did. There you go. You heard it here first. RBX eighty eight. A man of his word settles his bets. Um, I like it. Demon, we'll do it. Right. Um, I'm checking in on the chat because I missed a few here. Um, we we are no longer Brooks fans. It's chase season. He has a 10-point higher fantasy points per game than his brother and is 4,400 cheaper. Seems like an obvious choice. Wow, Eli has really pivoted on his Kepka love. Warren P. wants a piece of our Millie Maker win. Patrick Reed books. And uh, I checked on labs, and you guys were not duped, but Brian did have a lineup of his own entered that was only off on two guys. Brian, did you collude with yourself? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> You guys heard it. You guys heard it here first. Also, I'm not going to post the DM, but I got a DM of someone talking about collusion at another tout site that I don't want to, you know, speak out of school about. But continue to send me those DMs. Uh, I enjoy getting those. If you guys dig up any conspiracies in the DFS space, Lowell's will be the one to expose them if we deem them as having some legs. Um. Okay. So you did Neiman. It's back to me. Here's the thing. So Osimo always seems to project Jason Day higher than anyone else, the market. He's always ahead of him. I have 25% Jason Day right now. He's another $7,500 guy, I believe. Um, is that right? Uh, 7700 yeah. Can you get behind Jason Day? So I forgot to mention that I have I have a decent amount of day this week. Let's make it happen. Okay. So this is going to be – hopefully it's a reverse jinx. Hopefully this is a reverse jinx. Right. We can't just make a lineup that is all guys that you don't like, okay, <laughs> that aren't already going to be in your lineups. This has to be a window 
into the mind of Brick and the lineups he's going to make. We need to give the people the true goods. I think our average place placement so far has been like 127,000 or something. Yeah. If someone wants to, because I haven't been playing um, the Millie Maker other than this lineup, so you could pretty easily go look at um, my uh, my lineups and you know lineup HQ or Labs or whatever, and uh, you can someone pull and tell me how uh, Revert Z Tops PGA Millie Maker lineups have been doing. I don't think it's going to be too good. Um, okay, right. so we have we have twenty five percent ownership so far and how much salary do we got left here 8800 so this happens to us every week we eventually have to take a stud unless we want to be like two thousand or thousand under a salary cap which i'm not opposed to we could try that crazy dude i'm loco you are fucking crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah what should we should we pull the trigger on kepka let's do it but which one (laughs) We can't do Chase at this point. Now we're going to be like 4000 under salary cap. Okay. All right. Gareth in the chat is uh, making a case for Woodland, who you did mention as as liking I him. I like I like him in – in like the odds look good, but when I run my model, he's, he's a fade because of his ownership. Mm. So I do like him now. Um, I like Kepka though. I have 25% of him right now, and I think it, it fits the build. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. If we throw him in there, we're gonna we're at um, we got a message from Osmo Slack too. Guys, well you can just go into YouTube. <laughs> we're at we're at 41%, so we only got nine percent left. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, What's up, uh, my guy Kokrak? What do you have him projected at for ownership? Uh, I think I had 4%. Okay. Here's that, that comment, comment, Peter, if you wanted to put it. Where did Where you? Oh, I see it. Gotcha. Oh, God. It's, it was a DM. It was a League of Legends question. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not putting. I'll put the League of Legends question up here just because. Uh, here you go. Do you, we're, we're building a PGA lineup. Do you typically set any rules for the team position when country? Also, is random is good in? It didn't all paste over. Doing uh, a show, dude. <laughs> I, I do yes, I, I do. I do. I, I, I don't allow them in captain. <laughs> uh, oh, Gareth, is did did Wolf do well last week? He's saying last week he, he cried for Wolf. I know. That's my buddy. Uh, he like He's talking shit to me because he had 80% Wolf last week. There you go. And he didn't. He ended up not winning, but I mean, he was. was you needed him to win of any any DFS tournaments. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I love Wolf. All these young guys are so good uh, yeah. in golf right now. Uh, Morikawa, Neiman, Havland, Wolf. Um. You know, and even these other guys are not even that old. Sung JM. He could. He you know he could go off. Yeah. There's, a whole, there's ton. There's ton. I'm forgetting probably four or five other ones too. Um, okay. So we got, uh, let's look at some options down here. I mean, two guys that I, I like that are under 5% ownership that I'm seeing would be Kokrak and my guy Furek. Um, but I don't know if you got other suggestions here to keep us under, uh, five or what do we need to stay under 10% combined ownership over these last two? Yeah. Yeah. So we, I mean, we could just do a one percenter and then that could solve it. Um, Well, you know what? Since they get ten percent equity, they the 
someone in chat should probably pick one of the players. Oh, I like that. All right, chat. I need you guys all to huddle right now. Um, we are at 20 combined likes. Your chances of getting uh, this equity are not looking good. I'm just being honest right now at this rate. Um, you need 10 more. That said, we want this to be a collaborative process. I need the chat to huddle. You need to think about the constraints we're working underneath right now, which is we need 10% combined ownership over these next two players. So as Brian hinted at, it's either going to have to be another good stud that's at like 8 or 9% and then a total punt 1% owned guy, or we go my route, the co-crack Furic route, and leave <laughs> a lot of salary on the board. So those are our options. Brian, if um, – And it's we- good It's good we already took Kepka because Eli can't vote for Kepka now. So Well, he already told us he's a Chase Kepka tout now, so we got to be careful with him. I mean, Chase could be our 0% owned. Hey, God. I kind of love this. We got Eli making the play for it. He fits what we need to do. We have the classic brothers correlation that we already established early on the show. I mean, should we roll out the Kefka brothers? Throw them in there right now. Let's see how much salary we're going to have left. Like we're going to have like 10K left or something. 10K. 10K. Oh, man. It would be so nice if we were able to get Rom in there too. We could get Hideki. So – that would be over our, our barrier, but not by much. Let's see. So who do we got in there? I mean, Chase is going to be 0% owned. Maybe one. Maybe <laughs> one. I, I would say this show is going to push the ownership up a little, yeah. the lulls bump. By one lineup, us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I see- add Hideki, and we don't have to take Hideki. I'm just going to – I just want to run the numbers really quick. Yeah. yeah, so I do have Chase at one somehow. Um, okay, yeah, Hideki's too high. We'd be at 62% on, so. Fantasy Sharpie says, don't you think that using max total ownership ignores lineups that are still contrarian because they have like two 1% guys and four 15 to 20% guys? Yeah, we talked about that, what, like two weeks ago I did. I did, uh, didn't I do – or maybe that no, that was might have been three weeks ago. We didn't cut that piece out and do make it a a, a solo tutorial or whatever. But um, okay, so it wasn't last one. It was like three ago. I don't know. You have to go look at it. But we didn't. We did one of those little in a brick house, and uh, I talked about how how that does actually matter. Yeah. So it it does matter. But um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ways you could get contrarian too and you can do it with salary um but it's not as fun a show to do it <laughs> the, the way you're suggesting right yeah and just to piggyback on brian's point for fantasy sharpie this isn't saying uh a rule that you would build all of your lineups with i, I think we both are in agreement there's ways to get unique in in different ways this is just us trying to force us into a unique lineup with a very clear threshold that is entirely arbitrary yeah, yeah. For sure. And um, um, it's not really arbitrary, but, uh, you know, true. That, that, that's, that's not that important. But um, we are, we are, we would be 12% over with Hideki. And although we do give ourselves a little leeway most of the time, that's, I think that's too much. So, yeah. Okay. So, which of these guys then, at, at this point, we're ignoring salary basically. 
Um, or sorry, not ignoring salary, but um, yeah, no, I think we do ignore salary and we just put in a guy, the best player under 9% ownership is what we're looking for right now. Okay. So let's take a, take a gander. And they have to be under Hideki. So the next guy on my list is Sung J M is close. Jordan Spieth, Matt Matthew Wolf, <laughs> uh, Bubba Watson, Louis Oosthuizen, but I hate him. I have a lot of Eam this week. Can, can we fudge it for him? Phil Mickelson and Scotty Scheffler. Hmm. Those are and, and you know it goes on. Jason Cockrack. Yeah. Everyone everyone underneath there is is pretty much under ten percent. So. You like Sung JM, huh? I have a little M. Yeah. I'm going to be with the field. Um, I mean, he is a stud. He's been he's been real solid. Yeah, if we put pop him in there, how much under the salary cap will it be? 1100 Okay, wow, that's really under. So we'd have 52% <laughs> salary. I mean, I'm sorry, 52% total ownership and 1100 salary. So we're going to be – no one's going to do this last <laughs> Unless one of these sickos in the chat. I mean, Eli said, uh, I'm not going to lie. If you take Decky, you'll be four of six of my single bullet in the Millie, which leads me to believe he does have both Kefka brothers. That's what I'm saying. Life. We know two of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, well, look at Kefka averages more fantasy points per game than Brooks. Look at that. Wow. I mean, wow. that's all. I mean, Eli says that if you take someone like Eam, you're better bumping Chase into an actual golfer. I mean, of course, of course we are. There's lots of things that uh, if, that's not the spirit of this lineup. Yeah, we're not trying to uh, make the best lineup ever. The goal, let's let's just recap what the goal of this lineup is. It's to win you, the viewers, a combined $100,000 when it wins while reverse jinxing Brian's lineups so he wins a million dollars himself. Right. And I know not both of us can do that, but that's the logic and thesis behind well, this line. That guarantees one of us will win a million dollars this week. Basically. Yeah. Um, am I entering this lineup, Brian? Are we doing this? Um <laughs> or, or upgrading Chase, or do you want to go? Something's gotta give. Uh I don't know. I like the Chase, the Kepka brothers. I really bit. like it. As a bit. Uh, Dude, it would not be the first and it won't be the last that I submit a Millie Maker lineup as a bit. I promise you that. <laughs> I mean, do we want to get rid of Day or Neiman? I know you don't want to get rid of Poulter. Mm. Mm. Who Who's another golfer that you really... I mean, should we try to get Rom in here with the Kepka bros? Mm, we could let's just say we get rid of Eam and we go in rom and we need to find nine hundred dollars somewhere you really you really want to jinx my lineups don't you <laughs> get out of here all right then then we have to do day or neiman obviously right yeah we gotta, um, leave, we gotta leave polter and we gotta leave kepka the kepka brothers i'll sacrifice day Unless you want to sacrifice Neiman to protect your lineups, I don't know what kind of voodoo bullshit you got going on over there. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really care about any of them. But let's do uh, 
Let me pop him in really quick. So we're at 57% with this lineup that we can't obviously need to go under the cap on. So here's the 6,800 golfers. Uh, names I recognize. I think I had some Fratelli last week. Matthew Neesmith. They'll all be. I like uh, Sebastian Munoz a little bit, but let me let me look, Ben. Look, what's the uh, the name of the highest owned 6400? Oh, the highest owned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. What do you mean? Uh, like, who's on the top of the list? at 6400. Oh, sorry. James Hahn, Bird, McCumber, Ortiz, Davis, Schwartzel, Spawn, Gooch, Strickler, Lovemark. You want to go back to the Gooch? Well, how much is Furick? Is he? He's over 64. Is he like 69? Should we get Furik in and go off a Neiman? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Now we're starting to cook. Ooh, <laughs> Woodland fits. That Woodland could be that's uh that's Gareth's pick. This is a much better lineup. Okay, well hold on, let me let me because he's got a lot of ownership with him. So let's, okay. yeah, let's right. add all this up first before everyone gets excited, which I know, which I know everyone is. Uh, okay, so no more Neiman, and then who do we put in for day? Uh, Rom and Furek are in, Furek, 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 and yeah. Neiman and Day are out. Okay, we have uh, 58%, little high. <sighs> what do you think? Should we just say screw it? And we're, we're at salary max. I think here's my thing. The chat can disagree, Brian. You can disagree. I think when we went with the Kepka Bros correlation, I think we bought ourselves an extra few percentage points of ownership. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. Who who mentioned that? That uh fantasy sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there you go, fantasy sharpie. Now we're, we're, around. we're taking your advice. We came we'll, around. We'll we'll break our rules a little bit. So we do have Tyler in the chat is making a push for Hadwin at 8,200. Let's check his ownership. Um, I mean, he had a stud week last week. 12% ownership. So it it would bring ownership down for four clicks. I don't know. We did, I guess, let's give the chat too. We gave him Chase Kepka and we give him Adam Hadwin. They also wanted wood, Woodland, too, though. So They, they did. But sometimes mom and dad know what's best. <laughs> you like Hadwin, huh? I have no I just want to appease the people, and I want to be done making this goddamn lineup. Now, right. um, this is it, folks. This is the winner. Take a look. We got Poulter and Furick, my guys. We got the Kepka brothers for Eli. We got... Hadwin for Tyler, and we have John Rom for Brian. We we did it. We accomplished all our goals. Hitting right. the submit button, it is done. It is done. Um, and speaking of it is done, this has been Lowell's guys. Thank you for tuning in. As usual, make sure to uh, subscribe to Brian's YouTube channel. We also have the iTunes and podcast version of this show. If you prefer, for whatever reason, to listen. In that way, Brian, do you have any final words? No, live show Saturday, what, 9 Eastern, 8 Central? Yep, we'll do 9 Eastern. Going to have a fun crew rolling through so you can grab some drinks, set your MMA lineups, and uh, hopefully one of us from Lowell's will win a million dollars. 
So yeah, guys, we will see you on Saturday night for Brian Hooper, for the Kepka brothers. Thanks to the chat for coming out tonight. I'm Peter Overzet, and this has been Lulz.